Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. We're going we're to continue with, with the emotional series. Uh, this will be actually the, the last week that we do. And uh, we will, uh, we're going to talk about burden. Right? So... Uh, one one Sunday, a uh, one Sunday, a husband came home, um, came home from church and greeted his wife, and he and he, he picked her up and he carried her around the house and everywhere. I mean, he just carried her everywhere, and, and this this uh, it excited her, and she was like, "Wow, what what did the pastor teach about today? Did he teach about loving your loving your wife as Christ loved the church?" And and uh, out of breath, he 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 he, he said. He said Hang on a second. And then he, he got his breath back and he said, no, he, he talked about carrying our burdens. <laughs> so how many of you have carried or carry currently burdens? Maybe not your spouse. Men, do not raise your hand. Uh, I'm going to save you some trouble later. Um, we all from time to time pick up a burden or two and carry it. It's not even that we notice that we're doing it. Um, we just realized one day that our, our, our travel has become a little bit heavier and, and we're a little bit more tired maybe than we should be or maybe a little bit more beat up than we should be. Because um, burdens can tie us down and they can, uh, <laughs> they can be something painful from time to time. You know? Burdens aren't something that, I mean, it's called a burden for a reason. Because... <laughs> They're heavy. They can, uh, they can cause pain and mental anguish, disconnection uh, from those who love us. And, and sometimes, here's the thing, they can, even, they can even manifest physically in our bodies. Amen. That's exactly right. There was a, uh, uh, Jessica and I were a part of, a, uh, of another ministry um, we, for about 10 years. Um, and her, the, her parents, uh, the ministry leader's parents, uh, was uh, Charles and Francis Hunter. Uh, if, if you don't know them, <laughs> you missed out. Uh, they had an amazing healing ministry, and their daughter has carried on with that as well. Um, but in one of their books, uh, they, they kind of go through, they were at a healing, uh, they were having a service, and... and uh, they, so how they do things is they, you fill out a card, like before you go up for prayer, you fill out a card. This, this is, I have this and this and this, and I want prayer for these things. So it just kind of saves some time. And um, this woman had, oh my, they said that she had filled out front and back. And, uh, <laughs> and a lot of it had boiled down to, uh, there was some burdens she was carrying. There was a lot of burdens she was carrying. Some of it was, was unforgiveness, too. See, Jesus doesn't actually want us to carry those burdens. How many of you know that? Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So like I said, today we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna look at burdens, how they're not ours to carry, right? We're going to look at how many times we sometimes don't even recognize that we're carrying a burden. And uh, sometimes we're willing to carry those burdens. In 2019, uh, you guys okay with us, with me being a little transparent this morning? This is a a pretty personal story, so... In 2019, our family was hit with something that uh, it shook us to our core. Uh, <clears throat> everything that we thought we knew about our walk uh, with Christ was, I kid you not, it was completely shaken. It wasn't that long ago. You see, uh, we thought that, that something like this would never happen to our family um, it happens to other people because those other people aren't vigilant over their children. And we were, we thought. The truth is, it, it didn't really matter uh, whether we were vigilant or not because it happened. It happened to us. I was devastated. If I'm being honest, I was angry with God. I was angry with the world. And I went through waves of emotion. I can't even... I couldn't even honestly describe how much... Uh, emotion I went through. But I can describe some of the things that I went through. I went through pride. Because, (laughs) oh buddy, did I deal with some pride. I thought that I could handle it. I'm the man of my house. I'm I'm a... (laughs) Even though I was angry with God, I'm a man of God. <laughs> but then I would move through, I would move into that pride and, and I would say, I can, I can handle it. I don't need God to handle it. Because if he wanted to handle it, he would have handled it. He would have kept this thing from happening. <laughs> I know you guys didn't expect to hear me say that. As your, as your associate pastor. But I'm, I'm just a, at times I'm a broken man just like the next. Right. 
I was hurting. I was deeply wounded. I felt like some friends had betrayed us, or not betrayed us, but forgotten about us. And that just fueled my pride. It fueled it. It fueled the pain. It didn't make anything better. Um, sometimes, if, you know, felt like God wasn't concerned with us. My, my pride was causing me to self-destruct. And it was tearing me apart from the inside out. My arrogance, my arrogance was pushing me away from the only one who could save me from it, which is Jesus, right? But there's just something about your pride and your arrogance that the enemy loves to just use that and, 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 and push you away from the, the only saving grace that there is. Truth is, though, he never left me. Amen. Proverbs is, is full of truths about pride and, and just how destructive it can be because the Lord detests a proud heart. Proverbs 16, 19 says, <clears throat> It is better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share the plunder with the proud. And my pride would never allow me to release the burden. It was like a constant ringing in my ear. Uh, I, I don't, I worked, I worked construction for uh, over 20 years before I took this full-time position. And um, call it laziness or lack of, uh, lack of what the company didn't provide it maybe or whatever, but I would go out into the unit or I would do my, my job without hearing protection. And uh, I'm also a musician, so there are times when maybe I was playing drums too loud without ear protection also. And uh, my ears would ring for a long time. And it's, a, it's an annoying thing that just kind of can't stop it. But then I would halfway come, through my, come to my senses and realize, I can't do this alone. <laughs> but then it, I, would move from, it's, I would move from being angry with God to being angry with the other party. It's not God's fault. It's, it's their fault. They did it. Then denial would set in, refusing to see that I was even carrying a burden. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm really, I'm okay. People would ask, you guys good? We're great. Yeah, we're good. We're just, you know, we're just working through it. The whole time refusing to see it or to admit it maybe, maybe to admit it to myself. Because it was hard to accept it. But I can admit to you now 
all of these things because I know uh, that that burden was unforgiveness. I didn't recognize it then, but it was. But I thank God that through lots of prayer <laughs> and a, a good friend simply hugging me and saying, it's okay to not be okay. And he said, he's got her and he sees you. He sees your pain and it's okay. And it was like in that moment, when I, it, it was then when I realized that I'd been carrying all this garbage with me. Because I didn't realize that I wasn't okay. But this man that, he's a friend of mine, but I, I never saw him, hardly. But we just happened to be visiting in town, in his town, and went to his church. That's the first thing he said to me. And it was like my eyes opened. And I realized that I'd been carrying all of this unforgiveness. Without a doubt, I don't carry that burden anymore. I promise you that. It's, it's a, we, 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 get the, we pick up these burdens along life, you know, as, as, our, as we travel. And we don't even know that we've got them. But then, once we realize it, then it's, it's, then it's us. Then it's up to us to say, hey, Jesus, <laughs> I got this thing. Can you take care of it for me? And he says, yeah. The world has a different view, right? Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 uh, from the message says, the world is unprincipled. unprincipled. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. If you've never read the message, it's, it's not your traditional translation. Uh, but I, I, love how it, I love how it words this. It's a dog-eat-dog world out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massive corrupt culture. We use our power, we use our powerful God-fighting tools for smashing warped philosophies, philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fighting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life, of, of a life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every, every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. See, we can't live and operate as the world does. And that's, that's what I was doing. That, I, was, I was carrying this burden, and, and the whole time I was, they're going to get what's coming to them. Once I realized that it was out of my control, then I said, well, they're going to get what's coming to them. You see, we're destroy, we, we as Christians are to destroy the traps of the enemy. We're to recognize them and destroy them. 
because he thinks he's slick. And, I, and sometimes, sometimes maybe it's our pride and arrogance that allows us to overlook that it is a trap. But they're easy to fall into. So when we see them, we have to destroy them. We have to recognize them for what they are. And withholding forgiveness from someone only causes us further pain and really does nothing to the other person. <laughs> I, we're, I was uh, talking to Vincent the other day, and, uh, and he said, yeah, yeah. He said, you know, it's like drinking poison and expecting them to get sick. And that's true. How, how crazy does that sound? Like, I'm going to drink this poison and you're going to get sick. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. We must release the burden to Jesus and by releasing those who have caused pain. It's a hard thing to do, but nothing is impossible through God, right? In case you don't know, uh, forgiveness is, is uh, it's kind of a big deal to the Father. We serve a God who loved the world so much that he gave his only son, right, to redeem every one of us, every one of us, even the ones that have hurt us, especially the ones that have hurt us. Forgiveness is so important to him that Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew, uh, in Matthew 6, he, he says, <laughs> forgive us as we forgive those who have hurt us. <coughs> and maybe you're like me and you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, uh, I just can't forgive them. I just can't. You don't know what they did to me. Besides, you're already saved, right? You're forgiven and cleansed of your past offenses. Whatever. Maybe you're thinking that. Well, it's false. Because Jesus himself said in Matthew 6, 14, and 15, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Guys, that's a heavy, heavy statement. Amen. Forgiveness is not an option. It is not an option. It's a, it's a, unforgiveness is a burden that that's, has consequences far too heavy for any one of us to, to carry. And it's unnecessary. We're not like the world. We have that easy out option. Just say, here, Jesus. Here you go. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not copy the behavior 
and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Matthew 18 references uh, a conversation where Jesus was teaching Peter and uh, or he was teaching, and then Peter asked him, he said, well, so, so just how many times am I supposed to forgive in a day? Like, is it seven times? And Jesus said, no, you're missing the point. He said, 70 times seven. But really, Jesus wasn't saying, you, can only, you should only forgive somebody 490 times in a day. But he was, he was speaking of, of a... Uh, He was speaking of an attitude of forgiveness that is limitless. There is no number of times that we should forgive somebody. And we feel like we should. I've, I've turned this cheek and I turned this cheek. I ain't got no more cheeks. Thank you. <laughs> the culture of the world says says that if you hurt me, I hurt you. And it's, it's it, eye for an eye, right? You, you, you take my eye, I'm going to take yours. You, you hurt mine, I'm going to hurt yours. The world believes in karma. What goes around comes around. But Jesus goes and messes all that up. Again. Matthew 5:44 says, "However I say to you, love your enemy, bless the one who curses you, do something wonderful for the one who hates you, and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them." In in our in our in our walk with Jesus, we have to uh, we have to allow Holy Spirit to change the way that we think. Because naturally, we want, to, we want to get somebody back when they've wronged us. We want to, um, we want to feel like we've, we've been righted when we've been wronged. Maybe righted is not a word. I've, I've, been, um, I've been reading this uh, this devotional by Craig Rochelle. Uh, if you don't know who Craig Rochelle is, uh, he is the founding pastor for Life.Church. And if you don't know who they are, they are the church who started the Bible app. They, they, if you have a smartphone, I'm sure you do. Uh, the little app, the Bible app, it's got a little brown Bible, has a cross on it. That is the Bible app. Almost any translation you can think of is in there. Multiple languages. There's devotionals in there. You can have Bible study with groups of people. It's, it's pretty amazing. And they do it all for free. Um, but anyway, Craig Rochelle has a, has a, a devotional. It's called Winning the War of, the, of Your Mind. And as I... As I as I picked which topic I was going to talk about, I started looking at different uh, devotionals that maybe would 
I could lean on for some inspiration. And I straight ripped him off, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to read word for word what he said. <laughs> because it's so good and it fits so perfectly. So I'm giving him credit. <laughs> he talks about Philippians 4, um, 6 through 9. Uh, and I'm going to read from the, tra- uh, the uh, Passion Translation. Verse 6 says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. Verse 8, So let's pay real close attention to verse 8 and 9. He says, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Verse 9 says, put into practice the example of all that you have heard from me or seen in my life and and the God of peace will be with you in all things. Then he says the following. In the three sentences between eight and nine, Paul moves from thought to action to experience. Verse eight says, keep your thoughts continually fixed. Then action is in verse nine. says, put into practice the example of, of, of all that, I have, that you have heard from me. And the experience is the God of peace will be with you in all things. And so Paul tells us that through our, that our thoughts shape our lives. Amen. Thought, action, experience. He goes on to talk about uh, in recent years and, and uh, an entire discipline of modern psychology has developed called cognitive behavioral therapy. This breakthrough teaching reveals that uh, many problems from eating disorders to relational challenges, addictions, and even some forms of depression and anxiety are rooted in faulty, negative patterns of thinking. Treating those problems sometimes will, uh, with changing that thinking is pretty crazy completely change the way somebody thinks and all those problems just he says I don't know about you but when the Bible and modern psychology say the same thing I want to know more and what science is demonstrating today is what God told us through Solomon almost 3,000 years ago for as he thinks in his heart so is he Proverbs 23 verse 7 So if both the Bible and modern medicine, or modern science, excuse me, teach us that our lives are moving in in the direction of our strongest thoughts, then we need to ask ourselves, do I like the direction my thoughts are taking me? If your answer is no, then maybe it's time to change your thinking. Maybe it's time to decide to change your mind so God can change your life. 
If you're skeptical, it's okay. Believe me, I get it. Uh, we, we've all tried unsuccessfully to change bad habits and force our, our runway, runaway trains of thought back into the right tracks. But this time, you're not alone. You're about to discover God will team up with you and transform your thinking. With God's help, you can transform your mind. You can stop believing the lies that hold you back. You can end the vicious cycle of thoughts that, ha- that are destructive to you and others. Amen. You can allow God to renew your mind by saturating you with his unchanging truth. Watchman Nee said, We should try our best to pour out all of our burdens in our spirit by prayer until all of them have left us. That's being saturated. That's being in continual prayer. I did a lot of praying (laughs) when we were going through that. Did a lot of prayer. We have to be saturated in prayer, renewing our minds daily. It's not just this once a week, maybe on Sunday, when I'm in deep in worship for the 30 minutes that, that the band is playing and I'm saturated in that, but it's more than that. It's every day. We have to, we have to create this, this uh, we have to change the way we think, right? And we have to create this new habit of doing, spending time with God, saturating our, our, our life with prayer and changing our mind and changing our thoughts. There's another pastor and teacher that I follow. His name is Bill Johnson. And his wife uh, recently passed away. And three days after she passed, he stood, he stood in the pulpit at his home church that he pastors. And he, <laughs> this man finds profound tr- truths that normally somebody may overlook. But hearing it and knowing where he just came from or what he just walked through um, makes it that much more weighted. He says, there are aspects of his presence that you can only experience in the valley of the shadow of death. This man just laid his wife to rest. Maybe not even. (laughs) She had just passed. There's those things that we learn as we're going through these things. There's, there's, there's those little nuggets that we, that, that we learn. If we're, if we're looking at God and we're focusing on Him and not ourselves and, and we're changed, we've, changed them, we've changed the way we think, we're saturated in prayer, right? There's those things that we can learn that I can now, I'm now equipped to help this person over here who's going through something similar. That's our job. In 2 Corinthians, Paul, Paul observed that God comforts us in the midst of our affliction so that we, uh, we will be able to comfort others in affliction with the same comfort that we received from God. 
Frequently, our, our places of brokenness and affliction become the vehicles whereby God ministers comfort to others in the body of Christ. When we become expert healers of a peculiar type of wound because we receive the same wound. We, the, the wounded healers, can then join with Paul in saying, if, our, if, if trouble weighs us down, that just means that we will receive even more comfort to pass on to you for your deliverance. For the comfort pouring into us empowers us to bring comfort to you. And with this comfort upholding you, you can endure victoriously the same suffering that we experience. 2 Corinthians 1 and 6. See, even for Paul, this, this season of affliction brought him to the point of being burdened excessively. Beyond his strength to the point of being despaired for life. Yet even under this excessive burden of affliction, Paul, uh, Paul could detect God's hand at work. He recognized that God was doing something in the middle of all of that. We had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we, could, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises, who raises the dead, 2 Corinthians 1.9. God will similarly bring us uh, to a place where, in which our self-sufficiency is broken. So that we have to trust in him and not ourselves. However, we must remember that God is the one who raises the dead. And is a God who can transform all of our affliction into places of blessing and comfort for others. As we experience this divine resurrecting comfort, we will join with Paul in blessing God as the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort. I wasn't aware that, that what I was going through would be equipping me to help somebody else in the future. So all the times that I was mad at God, all the times that I felt like the church was failing me or my friends were failing me or I was going through those things. Had I recognized God's hand sooner, I could have maybe gleaned a lot more from it a lot faster and maybe not carried the burden as long as I did. Second yeah. Corinthians 4, 6 through 10 in the New Living Translation says, For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. 
that makes it clear that our great power is from God, not ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. There's an amen there, guys. I'll give you that one. And see, when we repent and, and completely turn away from the way that we were thinking and we change our minds to now the thinking that, that God has called us to, when we stop letting those who have hurt us rent, live rent-free in our heads and forgive them and simply say, okay, Jesus, here it is, and trade our, trade our burdens for his. As we allow Holy Spirit to reveal the glory of God in Jesus through us, we can then say, we can then use what was caused, what had caused us pain and anxiety. We can now use those things as building blocks for the kingdom. Because we have forgiven and allowed the Father to flood our hearts with His glorious light, we then can be that light to someone else in their darkness. So I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe the unforgiveness you carry is stems from something that maybe wasn't as, as deep as mine. But unforgiveness is unforgiveness. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if somebody cuts you off in traffic and shot the bird at you and it just really hurt your feelings. It doesn't matter if somebody did something to one of your kids. It doesn't matter if somebody murdered somebody you love. hard thing to hear unforgiveness is unforgiveness unforgiveness is a burden that we cannot carry it costs us too much Jesus already paid the price guys For me, it was so hard to, to go from experiencing the freedom in Christ that I had and then realizing one day that I was bound by this burden that I had picked up along the way. But oh, I appreciate that freedom so much more now. I know this wasn't a happy-go-lucky, like everybody walks away feeling like their steps are lighter maybe. 
there's a lot of truth in, in everything that I've said this morning. I'm telling you, I've, I've, I've been through there. I've been through it. And if just anything that I've said helps one person, I'm okay. I'm okay with the heaviness that I feel right now in this room. Let's do this. I, I want to invite our, our prayer team to come up. And... Uh, I don't want to dismiss just yet. I want to give opportunity for people to release some burdens maybe that they have. So, as, as our prayer team comes up, uh, I, want to, uh, I want to invite you guys. There's, there's no judgment at all. We're here for you. We're here, for, we're here to help. We're here to pray for you. If you have any unforgiveness in your heart at all, I want to encourage you to come up and, and just allow us to pray with you. And just, we want to help you get rid of that. We want to help you get rid of that so God can forgive you. So you can walk in a new freedom. I just lift you up this morning I thank you for all that you've done God I thank you for sending your son to die for all of my sins and all of my shame and every pain that I would ever experience I thank you Jesus for what you did on the cross God, I pray that you would open our eyes this morning to realize that if there's any unforgiveness in our hearts, God, that, that we would recognize it and just come forward and release it even now, God. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.